Yeah. I love that song. It's called Gratitude, and I just feel so much gratitude to God for all that he's doing at Woodlands Church. Hey, if you're a guest with us this fall, you picked a great time to come to Woodlands Church. I mean, God is moving, and so many exciting things are going on. God is real, and he wants to do something real in your life. He cares about every area of your life. God wants to do something in your life. For those of you who are married, he wants to do a work in your marriage. He wants to do a work in your family. He wants to do a work in your business, in your workplace. I mean, God cares about all those things in our lives. And I know that God is gonna speak to you today through his word. It's not me, it's God's word that changes lives. I might could tell you a few good stories, maybe a couple of jokes, but it's God's word that changes lives. And this church is built on God's word because his word is true and God is real. He loves you. He's got a great plan for your life and he's got a word for you. I don't care if you're worshiping with us online somewhere on the other side of the world or you're right here in what I call the splash zone at Woodlands Church. I spit a little bit when I get excited. You guys are amazing down here. Or whether you're at the Atascacita campus, Pastor Daniel. Well, I just am so proud of our Atascacita campus. And then we're getting ready to start our new campus downtown Houston. And we're building it right now. God's working. But I know God has something to say to you through his word. It's going to be so powerful and so personal because... He loves you. So let's pray together. Dear God, we just come before you today and we just thank you. Lord, I don't thank you nearly enough. Lord, I pray for you to do something in my life that I need and then you answer the prayer and then I just go on to the next thing. But we just stop today for a moment and we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, for all the blessings. Lord, sometimes we get focused on the problem so much that we forget all the blessings that you've given us and every good blessing comes from you. But Lord, I pray today that you would just speak to us through your word. You just open our hearts to receive it and I know that you know every detail of our lives and you care about it and so I know you're gonna speak today through your word and I pray that you'd do miracles, that you would change lives and change hearts and heal broken hearts and Heal broken relationships. Just work, Lord. Bless and strengthen us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Chris and I recently went to Sweden to celebrate our dear friend Vivian's 80th birthday. And we love Vivian. She's the wife of the Dean of Woodland Seminary, Shalaksel Johansson. And they live in Sweden, but as many of you know, they've made the Woodlands their second home. And this fall, they'll be coming back here as Woodland Seminary kicks off another fall semester as we're raising up young leaders to change the world. I'm so proud of our leaders at Woodland Seminary and Shalaksel as our dean. But one of the things Shalaksel planned and did to celebrate Viv's birthday, and he was pretty amazing, he set the bar high, is that he invited friends and family to go on a boat ride with them across a beautiful Swedish lake. And it was a beautiful sunny day in Sweden. But this was no ordinary boat ride. This boat was an exact replica of an unearthed Viking ship. You know, everything was built exactly the way a Viking ship 
was built. They also unearthed some Vikings to guide us. I mean, just look at this guy. Yeah. And look at this gal here. Yep. So they unearthed these Vikings to go along with us. No, the crew is amazing. They were in authentic Viking gear. They shared their extensive knowledge about these Viking longships and, and their long voyages. And we had so much fun. But we made pretty pathetic Vikings. I mean, here's a picture of Chris. She was a little better than me. Ready to row, ready to go. Now here I am, looking really cool, but not knowing what I'm doing. I don't know if the Vikings wore life jackets or not, you know. And Chris and I kept thinking, how in the world did the Vikings use ships just like this to sail all the way to North America? I mean, it's crazy to think that they would set sail from familiar harbors and head out into the unknown. With no GPS, no charts or maps, they didn't know if they would fall off the end of a flat earth or that they would discover untold treasures in a new world. Of course, they had no weather radar, no idea if they were heading into a perfect storm that would sink them or a perfect wind that would take them to a new land. They were sailing in uncharted waters. And today, it feels like we're all sailing in uncharted waters. We're all trying to navigate through this sea of uncertainty. Folks, we live in very confusing times. And they're getting crazier and more confusing by the moment. But I've got great news for you today. God wants to guide you safely through the dangerous, uncharted waters of life. God wants to give you clear direction to navigate this ocean of uncertainty that we live in today. That's why we're starting this new series this weekend that I'm calling Set Your Sails. It's all about living in divine momentum with clear direction. Because so many of us are just being tossed about by the wind and waves of our culture of confusion. Or we're being driven along by the storms of life rather than being driven by God's purpose for our lives but God wants you to learn how to set your sails, to catch the wind of his spirit, so you can cut through the waves of indecision and make decisions that make all the difference and change your destiny. Now the Vikings were skilled and experienced sailors. They knew how to harness the power of the wind, but when there was no wind, they would row. And after rowing for about five minutes on that boat, I realized I could never have been a Viking. It was really hard to row, I didn't realize that, but I could never seem to stay in rhythm with the other rowers. That's kind of the way it is with all senior pastors. Pastor Andreas, who preached her a few weeks ago, was the same, he couldn't stay in sync, you know? And the paddles were really heavy and awkward. Not to mention, after five minutes, I was exhausted. I could have never been a successful Viking because if you can't paddle, you can't pillage and I couldn't paddle, and I doubt I could pillage. You know, if I lived in that day and was on a Viking longship, it would have taken about 30 seconds into the journey for everyone to realize, that guy's dead weight over there. Let's send him on to Valhalla. But you know, even the Vikings would get discouraged if there was no wind in their sails for several days. They would get worn out from rowing. And that's the way life is. When you don't catch the wind of the Holy Spirit in your sails, life is exhausting. You're wearing yourself out, but you're not getting anywhere. You have no divine momentum. 
I took sailing lessons when I was in college, and one of the few things I learned that I still remember was you need momentum to change direction. If your sail gets turned directly into the wind for very long at all, you get stuck. It's called in irons. Your sail is flapping, you have no momentum, your rudder is useless, you can't change directions. So then you have to set your sail to catch the wind and get some momentum, and then you can steer the boat in the right direction. And divine momentum and clear direction go hand in hand. And in this life, it all comes down to setting your sails to catch the wind of the Spirit. So I want you to look at what Jesus said in John 3, 8. And would you stand in honor of God's word? Just follow along with me. In John 3, 8, Jesus said, only God's Spirit gives new life. The Spirit is like the wind that blows wherever it wants to. You can hear the wind, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. You can be seated. Jesus compares the Holy Spirit to the wind. He says, like the wind, you can't see God's spirit. You can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. You can see trees blowing and moving. And just like the wind, you can't see God's spirit, but you can see the effects of God's spirit. You can see him working in your life. And you can't control the wind. We can't predict the wind, we can't control the wind, and you can't control the Spirit. You can't decide which way the Spirit moves, but you can set your sails to catch the wind of God's Spirit and live in divine momentum and clear direction. Now look what else Jesus said about the Spirit in John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Jesus was telling the disciples, after I die and rise again, I'm going back to heaven, but I'm gonna leave you the Holy Spirit. I'm going back to heaven, and I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit to be your personal guide in life, to be there all the time with you and in you, to give you power and strength and to guide you through life. See, the Bible is our map for life. It gives us direction. But if you're a Christ follower, You also have a personal guide who will never leave you and will guide you through life. The couple of times Chris and I have been whitewater rafting, we've always had one or two or three guides with us. We've always had an experienced guide or two. When we rafted through the Grand Canyon on the Colorado River, see, I could have had a map. I could have had a GPS that would have shown me exactly where we were on the river and what was going to be next on the river, where the river would bend, where the river would go. I would know exactly where we were if I had a GPS. I would know exactly where we're going. But without an experienced guide who knew the river, where and how to navigate the dangerous sections of white water, that map wouldn't have mattered. And I'm so grateful that God has given us his map to give us his direction, the Bible. The Bible has the answers and the direction for a life of meaning and purpose, fulfillment, and joy. But I'm also grateful that he's given us a personal guide to give us the power, the momentum, the encouragement, and the daily guidance to give us clear direction and confidence. Now, the Holy Spirit is not an it. Sometimes Christ followers, you know, act like the Holy Spirit is an it. 
it guides me. Or No, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's the third person of the Trinity, God three in one, which we'll never understand in our finite minds, but he is our personal guide in life. So the question is, how do you set your sails to catch the wind of the Spirit? Well, I want us to look at Paul in the New Testament because I can't think of a better example of someone who knew how to set his sails to catch the wind of the Spirit and have divine momentum and clear direction. And in Acts 27, we see Paul being put on a ship headed to Rome to stand trial before Caesar. And even though he was a prisoner, Paul knew that he was right in the middle of God's will. Even though it looked like everything was going wrong, Paul knew that God had planned and purpose for him to go to Rome to make a difference that would change the world. He knew that he was right where he was supposed to be. So let's look at this in Acts 27, verse eight. We struggled along the coast with great difficulty and finally arrived at Fair Havens near the town of Lycia. We had lost a lot of time. The weather was becoming dangerous for sea travel because it was so late in the fall and Paul spoke to the ship's officers about it. Men, he said, I believe there's trouble ahead if we go on. Shipwreck, loss of cargo, endangered to our lives as well. See, Paul was in tune with God. He spent time with the Lord. He listened to the Holy Spirit. He learned to recognize the Spirit's promptings in his heart. He listened to the Holy Spirit for direction and strength. And he warned the Roman officers in charge to not sail at this time. Wait, don't sail now. He said, if you sail now, this sailing will take us into dangerous waters that will lead to shipwreck. But I want us to do a study of this passage in Acts 27. It says in verse 13, when a good wind began to blow from the south, the men on the ship thought, this is the wind we wanted and now we have it. You see, they didn't listen to Paul. It says, when a good wind for their voyage started blowing, they set sail. It looked like a good wind, but it wasn't God's wind. It wasn't the wind of the Spirit. The choices that can get us in the most trouble and get us the most off track in life aren't those choices that are the awful choices. Not those choices that are the clearly bad choices that will take us down a bad path. No, it's the good things the seemingly good opportunities. They may be good at opportunities, but they're not God opportunities. And if it's a good opportunity, but not a God opportunity, you're sailing into dangerous waters. Because it's often the good things that keep us from God's best in life. The good is the enemy of the best. And if it's a good wind, but not God's wind, it can lead to shipwreck. And there are a lot of winds blowing out there in our culture that aren't the wind of the Spirit. And if you set your sails to catch those winds, you'll get dangerously off course really quickly, just like the men on the ship. They said, this is the wind that we wanted. It was the wind they wanted, it wasn't the wind God wanted. It wasn't the wind that God wanted for them to guide them to his best. And so many times we do what we want, what we think is best, and we miss out on God's best. They set their sails to catch the wrong wind. And so many times in life, we set our sails to catch the wrong wind and we wind up on the rocks. So let's see how they made that decision. Acts 27, verse 11. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain and the owner 
than to Paul. And so they listened more to the ship's captain. You see, the Roman officers who were to make the decision, they listened to Paul because they already had some respect for Paul because of his integrity. They saw there was something different about him. They listened to Paul, but they listened more to the ship's captain. He was the expert sailor. And so they set their sail to catch the wind of the so-called expert rather than the wind of God. And when we live our lives based on what the so-called experts say rather than what God's word says, we get way off track. Have you ever noticed that really smart people can do really dumb things? I mean, really smart people can make really dumb decisions. Really smart people can say really dumb things. The wind of experts at times can just be a lot of hot air. Now, we can learn from people who are experts in their field, but if what they say goes against God's word, it's a wind that will lead you into stormy seas. And you see, the expert captain was basing his decisions on his past experience with the wind. He was saying, you know, in the past, the winds acted this way, and so we need to leave now. That we can learn a lot from our past experience. But if we just set ourselves to catch the wind of past experience, we may miss out on the fresh wind and the new work that God wants to bring into our lives. Sometimes I don't pray like I should about a decision because I lean on my past experience. I'm finding over the years as I've seen God work that sometimes I won't pray about a decision coming up because it's like, oh, well, God worked this way in my life in the past, so this is what he wants me to do. You see, sometimes your past success is your greatest enemy in the present. And sometimes I'll look back and say, God, you did this amazing thing, and so that's the way you want to work again. But God always does new things in new ways because he wants to guide us to new lands and new levels. You see, the message never changes. God's word never changes. A lot of churches now are trying to change the message of God's word. It's crazy to me. You don't change the message, it's God's word, it's truth, but the methods always change. And you always have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit so that he can guide you into the new things, the fresh things that he wants you to have. You see, Jesus, when he healed, he healed people in so many different ways. And I always wondered, why did he do that? Sometimes he would just say the words, be healed. You know, other times he would take some dirt and spit into it and put it on a blind man's eyes. I mean, he healed in all different ways. It was like he never healed the same way. You know, each time it was always a new way. I think maybe it's because he didn't want us to get trapped into a method of doing his work. He wanted us to be able to be in tune with the Holy Spirit, to take new steps, to go in different directions, to have new methods and New ways. The message never changes, but the methods always do. And that's why we need to always pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in every decision. Don't depend on your past experience. It can get you in a lot of trouble. Learn from it, yes. But expect God to do new things with fresh wind. And that's why as we celebrate our 30th anniversary as a church in November, I mean, I'm so excited about it. We're gonna give just thanks to God for all that he's done. It's been all God doing amazing things. But you know, we're gonna talk more about what he's about to do. I feel like the church is starting all over again. Chris and I talk about it, it's like, 
a whole new wind and a fresh wave. I don't want to depend on what God did 10 years ago in my life. I want God to do something new and powerful and life-changing and a fresh wind in my life today. I don't want to miss out on God's best and what he's about to do today because he's the God of the present and we're moving into this amazing time where God is working, doing just a fresh work that's more powerful than he's ever done at Woodlands Church. And I don't want to miss that. I don't want you to miss that. God wants to lead us to new lands and new levels. But let's continue to look at this passage. In Acts 27, 12, it says, since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on. There it is right there. The majority decided. Ultimately, they went with the wind of popular opinion. And when you make decisions based on what most people are doing, you're almost always headed in the wrong direction. And it's a dangerous direction that ends in a shipwreck. We get molded into peer pressure. Our thinking becomes the thinking of our culture and what everyone else is doing. And, you know, it's like, well, this is normal. No, normal today is stressed out, confused, worn out, in debt, you know, overcrowded schedules, being miserable in life, not having any overarching purpose. That's normal today. Don't be normal. Get weird, okay? <laughs> Get weird. I'm not talking about weird like those bumper stickers that they keep Austin weird. I'm not talking about that kind of weird, okay? I'm not talking about that kind of weird. But I mean, you don't want to be normal today. But let's look at the next part, Acts 27, 12, the full verse. And since Fair Havens was an exposed harbor, a poor place to spend the winter, most of the crew wanted to go on to Phoenix, farther up the coast of Crete and spend the winter there. Phoenix was a good harbor with only a southwest and northwest exposure. So Fair Havens was an exposed harbor that felt really unsafe. But the Phoenix Harbor had limited exposure and looked safer. So they set their sails to catch the wind of security. And that's the wind that most of us set our sails to today. Our number one goal in life becomes safety, security, comfort. And when security becomes your number one goal, you feel really insecure because you end up placing your trust in things that bring about the most insecurity, like money and things and people over trusting God. Nothing wrong with those things, but whenever you place your faith in things that can change or be taken away, you'll always feel insecure. Don't rely on what looks safe. Don't make your goal in life to be comfortable. You were made to take risk in faith, to live from the passion that God placed in your heart, to catch the wind of the Spirit out on uncharted waters, being fully alive with the wind in your face. That's God's plan for you. And his presence and his power will always be with you. And by the way, the safest place you could ever be is right in the center of God's will. Sometimes we get afraid, God, you're, you're calling me to take this step of faith. You know, as we move into this 30th anniversary, God's calling us to stretch in faith more than we ever have because we don't want to depend on past faith. We want to stretch in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, you know, as we stretch in faith, you get afraid. You know, fear comes in. People ask Chris and I all the time, do, do you ever get afraid when you're stepping out and trusting God in faith? When you started the church, when now when we're stepping out more than ever, do you, do you ever get afraid? Say, yes, every single time. We just don't let our fears keep us from following God. You, you see, courage isn't the absence of fear. It's just taking a step of faith in spite of your fear. 
knowing that you have a God that you can trust. The safest place you'll ever be is in the center of God's will. The most dangerous place you'll ever be is outside of God's will. So what are you basing all your decisions in life on? Your gut, what you feel is best, what the experts say, popular opinion, your past experience, all those things will lead you down the wrong path. God's word and God's spirit is the only reliable guide. And the most important decision you make is deciding what you'll base all your decisions on. And when you decide to base all your decisions on God's truth, all the other decisions in your life get a lot easier. Well, let's continue to study this passage. There's just so much in here. In Acts 27, verse 13, it says, when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. They pulled up anchor. It's so interesting to me. They wanted to do what they wanted, and they pulled up anchor, and they set sail. And when we do what we want rather than what God wants for us, we pull up anchor. We're no longer anchored to God's peace and strength. We're at the mercy of the wind and the wave, just tossed about without an anchor to hold us securely. You see, these guys just got tired of waiting. They didn't listen to Paul, even though they had already began to see that, man, there was something different about him. God speaks through him, and so, but they didn't listen. They just got tired of waiting. They said, we gotta move on. Do you ever get tired of waiting on God? Sometimes I get tired of waiting on God, and I'm waiting on God to come through, and I'm praying, and then I just take off, going in a direction. I think, well, God, you probably want me to do this. I'm tired of waiting, and I miss God's best. If you're waiting on God, just know that delay will not destroy God's purpose for your life. Delays are part of God's plan for our lives. Delays, those waiting rooms of life, teach us to trust God. It's the hardest thing to do to wait on God, but sometimes it's not that we're waiting on God. God's waiting on us and our character to grow and develop so that we can receive that next level and those new blessings he has for us because we wouldn't be able to handle it. And sometimes we're not waiting on God. We think we are, but God's waiting on us. But don't take that step without God. Don't go without God. Wait, because he will come through. That delay is not a no from God, it's just wait. Wait, my child, it's coming. You just wait, wait for my best. Don't settle for good, wait for my best. Well, let's look at the next verse, verse 14. But the weather changed abruptly and a wind of typhoon strength called a northeaster burst across the island and blew us out to sea. So the weather changed and the storm hit and they weren't anchored. And folks, storms will come into every life. You can't avoid the storms of life. And if you're not anchored to God, you're gonna go under. You're gonna sink. Storms come into every marriage. The winds of change, mistakes, the waves of hurt and pain will batter your boat. And if your marriage isn't anchored in God, it will sink. We have to be anchored in God. And that anchor will hold us strong when the storms hit and they inevitably will hit every single life. But God will hold you strong. Well, let's go on. Acts 27, 15, it says, but the sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and let it run before the gale. They gave up 
trying to control everything. They gave up trying to control the wind, and that's our biggest problem in life, trying to be in control, trying to control the uncontrollable, trying to control the wind, trying to control God, trying to control our circumstances, taking the helm from God and trying to be the master and commander of our lives. When Chris and I were dating in college, I took those sailing lessons and I thought, this will be a great date. I will take Chris out on the lake sailing and she'll be so impressed with my sailing skills. Well, she wasn't impressed. She was so unimpressed, she's never gone sailing with me since. And there was good reason. It was a windy day, we got out in the middle of the lake and right away the sail caught the wind and I wasn't prepared. The boat quickly tilted, I made a quick turn and Chris flew out of the boat and into the water. She had her life jacket on but The water was cold, and I just yelled to her in panic, don't worry, I'll just whip the boat around and pick you up. So I slowly turned the boat around, proceeded to sail right past her. I wasn't even within 30 yards of her. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I'm trying. Hold on. Well, she, after waiting for about 30 minutes, as I tried to maneuver the boat close to her, unsuccessfully, she was able to swim and catch me on one of those swings by. It was pretty impressive, but it was a dating disaster. I don't know why she ever went out with me again, but we never went sailing again. She still likes sailing, but not with me as the captain. And in life, you better turn the helm over to the right captain. And when you try to be the captain of your own ship, it ends in disaster. I have to give up control to the master and commander. Well, the men on Paul's ship, they finally give up trying to control the wind and the process of giving up starts. And usually God has to take us through a process of giving up so we can give over control to him. So the first thing they do is they give up trying to control the wind. And some of you are going through a storm in life right now. And could it be that God is allowing the storm to show you that you're not in control, you're not the master and commander of the universe, so you'll give up to his care and control? because he loves you so much? The men of the ship gave up control. First they gave up trying to control, and then they start giving up on what they were trusting in. In verses 18 and 19 it says, the next day as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. I can just imagine a couple of days before they left port, they're taking the cargo and they're loading it on the ship and they're being so careful with it because this was precious cargo. This was how they got paid to get their cargo to one point to the next point successfully. I'm sure some of those crates said fragile, handle with care, and they were being so careful because this was their paycheck as they loaded it carefully upon the ship and then a couple days later, they're just chunking it overboard. Why? The storm has a tendency to clarify our priorities and show us what's important. It was meaningless compared to the big picture of them going under. They even started throwing away some of the gear on the boat. And I'm sure the owner of the boat was like, chunk it. It doesn't matter. And sometimes God allows us to go through storms to show us what's important and how out of line our priorities are so that we don't miss out on what matters in life. They're just chunking this overboard. They realize they've got to give up control. They can't control the wind. And they realize They've got to give up what they're trusting in. But then this process of giving up continues. 
Acts 27, 20, it says, the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. First they give up trying to control, then they give up what they've been trusting in, and then they give up all hope. And that's usually the place the storm has to take us, to the place we give up hope so we can turn to the God of hope. That's usually where God has to take me in that process. It'd be really wise just at that first point to give up and give over control to God, but many times God has to take us through this process in the storm until we finally give up hope in ourselves and everything else and we place our hope in him alone. You see, when they gave up all hope, that's when they turned to listen to what the Holy Spirit was saying through Paul. And we see in Paul's life and what happens, how we set ourselves to catch the wind of the Spirit. We need three anchors. First is the anchor of God's promises. I want you to see what Paul says in Acts 27, 22. But take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you, so take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said. Because Paul was close to God, listened to the Holy Spirit. He knew he was right in the middle of God's will, even in the middle of the storm. Even though these people who went the wrong direction were taking him with them, he was still going the right direction because he was still in God's will. And God gave him a promise. God said, Paul, this storm is not gonna stop my purpose for you. You know, I, I said you'd go to Rome and I would use you to change the world. I would use you, I said you're going to Rome, well, this storm's not gonna stop that. These people who aren't listening to me aren't gonna stop that. You're gonna make it, and by the way, everyone with you, if they'll stay on the ship, they'll make it. But the ship's gonna go under, and then no one will be on the ship, but I'm gonna save every one of them if they won't leave early. And he said, you can count on it. God told me, you can count on it. Be encouraged because God's word is always true. That's why we need to anchor ourselves in God's promises. There are over 7,000 in God's word. You need to get to know God's promises and claim God's promises because God never breaks his word. He's not like us. He's always faithful to his word and you can count on it. And so I need to trust in the anchor of God's promises. And then there's the anchor of prayer. You know, I look to God's word and if it's in God's word, I do it. If it's you know, if God's word says don't do it, you don't do it, you don't have to pray about that. But then when something's not clearly in God's word, like a decision you're trying to make between this option or that option, you gotta pray about it. God, show me which one. Show me, Lord, guide me. Pray about it. And by the way, we're gonna start a video devotional tomorrow morning. I and our other pastors will be doing these video devotionals that just last three to five minutes. And it's all gonna be about prayer. We're calling it 21 Days of Prayer. And it's all about learning how to pray, the power of prayer, the promises that God gives us in prayer. And God wants us to pray about those real specific things in our lives. And we're gonna keep a journal. We're gonna teach you how to do that where you write down the prayer request. And then when God answers, mark it off and you thank him. And you remember, wow, look at the blessings God's given me. God's working in my life. And it's not some big spiritual thing. It's just going to God and turning to him and to his power. And, and so don't miss it. Paul was always praying to God to go, God, what direction do you want me to go in? And sometimes God would answer by putting him on a ship where people were going the wrong direction. 
but it was the right direction because God used everything to get Paul to where he needed to be because storms don't keep you from God's purpose. Some of you are going through a storm right now, and I know this. Maybe it's your own fault, but if you'll turn to him, that storm won't keep you from God's purpose for your life. I'm so grateful for that, that somehow God works in it all. Some of you are going through pain, a storm that you didn't cause, that you never asked for, and it's the biggest storm of your life, and it's a storm of hurt and pain, and your ship is getting battered. I want you to know that storm is not going to stop God's purpose for your life. He's going to get you through. He's going to get you to where you need to be. You might get wet, but you're not going under. There's a third anchor, the anchor of God's people. There's no solo sailors in the world of Christ followers. We need each other. That's why next Sunday, we're having our membership class, August 27th. It's right after the 1130 service at one o'clock from one to three. I'm gonna teach the class live right in here because it's gonna be such a huge class. We feed you. We take care of your kids. That's how you join. It's just a little baby step. And you need a church family. If you're not a member of a church family, you're not God's will. You need to be a member of a local church family. There are a lot of great churches around here. As long as they believe God's word is true and lift up Jesus Christ is our only hope, then great church. All different styles, all that, but that's not a big deal. But if you've been coming here, you fit here. You ought to join here and take that little baby step of faith and become part of God's family. The Christian life is not just a matter of believing. It's a matter of belonging. God wants you to belong to a church family. And it's a baby step. Sign up online or just come on. We'll have extra food. That's how you join them. By the way, everyone who's a member before our anniversary, by the end of November, we're calling part of the founders team because we believe we're just getting started, that God has used these 30 years and all those who've connected to Will and Church to really make a difference in the world as we increase our ministries and missions and God increase our influence for good around the world and for Christ to lift him up. And, and we're just getting started. So everyone who joins, everyone who's joined the church in these first 30 years, we're calling you part of the founders team. You're gonna be a foundational member. So if you join before the end of November, you're a foundational member, part of the founders team. And we're gonna put every name of every one on the founders team in a time capsule to be open 30 years from now. So the people who open that time capsule can see God used you and your commitment so that they would be here. And I, I just hope everyone takes that step. God wants everyone to be a part of a church family where you get your needs met and you meet each other's needs and you get in a life group with people going the right direction, but they don't have it all together. They're on your stage and age. You learn from each other. You need that connection. The anchor of God's people. Did you know the African impala can jump to a height of 10 vertical feet. It's amazing. This little animal can jump 10 feet high and he can jump 30 feet in length. But it only takes a five foot fence to keep them in an enclosure at the zoo. Why? Because the African impala won't jump where he can't see his feet falling. He won't jump where he can't see where he's going to land and so he will stay in that little enclosure and never jump over it, though he could clear it by five feet. And that's the way a lot of Christ followers are. God has placed the Holy Spirit in your life. He wants you to take steps of faith. 
where you jump over those little barriers that keep you enclosed and not really living to your full potential in life, having fulfillment, but we don't wanna take the jump because we can't see where our feet are gonna fall. But that's what faith is. It's jumping when you can't see where you're gonna land because you trust that you have a rock who's gonna give you a firm foundation where you're gonna land safely. And it's the safest place you could ever be because you're no longer captured by all those things that hold you back, the fears and the doubts. You take a leap of faith in spite of them and you find that God can be trusted. You start living the life you were made for. You see, storms come into every life. Your ship will get battered, but if you're a believer, he's the master and commander of your life, he will see you through the storm. Your ship may sink. You see, what happened is their ship sank, but they all floated ashore on planks and pieces of the ship, and, and every one of them was saved. They didn't care about the ship after that. They were just so grateful to God, and they listened finally to the Holy Spirit through Paul. You might get wet, but you're gonna make it through. If he's the master and commander of your life, he'll never let you down. You can take that jump and he'll make sure you land on a solid foundation. I want us to stand together and I want us to bow and pray. And as we kick off this series, we kick off the fall, I want you just to surrender to God. Just give up control to him. I have to do this all the time. The first time you do it is called salvation. You give up control, realizing you can't get to heaven on your own. You can't save yourself. You stop trying to save yourself, and you let him save you. If you haven't done that, do that right now. You'll never regret it. But for every Christ follower within the sound of my voice, I know we all have things to surrender. We all need a fresh surrender. And it's that fresh surrender. You surrender, and you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you and take you to new levels with new strength and new guidance. And you start learning how to listen to his voice and those impressions in your heart. You stop just living from your head and you start living more from your heart and the Holy Spirit in your heart. And that's what we wanna learn over the next 21 days. So let's pray. Dear God, I come before you and we come before you just knowing that we can't control the wind, but we try. Lord, so many times I try to do your job try to be the master and commander of my life, and it just wears me out. So many times, Lord, I rush into my day and think I can handle it, and then it all comes unraveled quickly. And so, Lord, I come to you again and surrender. I surrender my way and the things I think are best because your best is always the best. Lord, you always have your best in mind for me. So I surrender again to you, to your will, to your plan to your care and control, because Lord, without you, I'm powerless. But with you, I can do all things through your power in me. And I pray that every one of us, Lord, will just surrender. And whatever it is you want us to do to take the next step, maybe it's the membership class, maybe it's to be baptized to follow you, maybe it's getting in a life group. Lord, help us not wait this fall, but take those steps and I pray for those who've never received you into their life that right now in this moment, they would just pray this prayer silently to you. Jesus Christ, I need you. I want you to be the master and commander of my life. I've been trying to do it on my own and I just keep running into stormy seas. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and come into my life with your Holy Spirit and just fill me up. I wanna base my decisions on your truth from now on. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I accept your free gift of heaven one day. I can't make it on my own, but I accept your gift of it. Help me grow in my faith. And Lord, I pray for every believer who's going through a storm right now. 
that you would just help us know that you're gonna see us through. I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Wilden Church, God's up to so many amazing things. And if you just prayed to receive Christ, man, you're on your way. God is up to amazing things this fall, and he is our firm foundation. And know this, there will be storms, there'll be, there'll be rain, there'll be some floods, but know this, God's gonna get you through if you're on that firm foundation. Do you believe that? Let's thank the Lord that he's our firm foundation. And as our, as our closing statement, let's sing it to him, and let's trust him, and let's surrender to him, the firm foundation that will hold us strong. Hey church, thanks for listening to the Woodlands Church with Carrie Shook podcast. By listening, we hope that you're encouraged wherever you are. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that you can get the latest messages each week. For more information on Woodlands Church, check out the description for a link to our website and how to connect with us. We hope you have a great week.